from Tokyo, Japan and New Plymouth, New Zealand. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Samantha Vega. Samantha, are you much of a gamer? A gamer? Hmm, do you mean as in, do I play video games? Yeah. Nah, not much of a gamer. Why do you ask? A lot of people I know are really into their Xbox or Playstations. I've never had the time to get into gaming, so I just don't understand the appeal, really. Yeah, it's not really my thing. But like you, I do know a few people who spend more time than they probably should playing GTA or Call of Duty or Halo. GTA, Halo, Call of Duty <laughs> are those game titles. Oh my goodness, you don't know anything about gaming, do you? Yes, those are a few very popular video games. Halo is an Xbox game, and Call of Duty, and if I'm not mistaken, is a cross-platform. It's available on both Xbox and PlayStation. No, I did not know any of that. And you didn't really answer my question either. Why the sudden interest in gaming, Skip? Well, in our last episode of Down to Business English... We discussed the recent slide in share prices of companies who are involved in the artificial intelligence industry. And how does that relate to gaming? Well, one of those companies we talked about was NVIDIA. Ah, yeah, I remember. They are one of the dominant chip makers in the AI field. They also happen to be the company behind the chips that power some of the most popular gaming platforms on the market. And if I remember correctly, we reported that NVIDIA's second quarter earnings report was coming out on 23rd August and that everyone was closely watching what those results would be. Is that our story today, NVIDIA's earnings report? Not exactly. Although we will report on that earnings report, I thought it would be interesting to take a close look at NVIDIA itself. Even though their products touch everyone's life in one way or another, many people don't know much about the company and its history. Yeah, you're right. I know their name, but I only have a cursory understanding of what they do. And I'd like to know how they came up with such a cool-sounding name. It is a cool name, isn't it? It's fun to say, too. NVIDIA just rolls off the tongue. So, let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with NVIDIA. The journey from video games to AI dominance. Just before we jump into our report, I should mention that the last episode about the sliding stock prices in the AI industry, when we first talked about NVIDIA, was a members-only D2B episode. Mm, what was that? D2B275? Yes, D2B275. So, if you are not a D2B member, you will have missed out on our discussion on how NVIDIA's stock price skyrocketed after ChatGPT was launched last year, before starting to slump a bit in early July and August. Is it that important to know for today's episode? It would help put today's report into a bit more context, but no, it's not vital. But it is a good reason to become a D2B member. You don't want to miss out. I wholeheartedly agree. 
So what can you tell us about NVIDIA? NVIDIA is a multifaceted technology company. Not only do they design semiconductors, but they also produce a wide range of computer hardware and software products. Mm, semiconductors are a bit of a speciality, but a lot of companies churn out hardware and software. True. What is so special about NVIDIA, other than their cool-sounding name? <laughs> well, just one point on the semiconductors first. NVIDIA is considered to be one of the earliest fabless semiconductor companies. Fabless? What do you mean by that? Being fabless means NVIDIA designs semiconductors, but when it comes to fabricating them, they outsource that to a third-party foundry. In NVIDIA's case, they have a strong relationship with TSMC out of Taiwan. Ah, so that is on the semiconductor front. What about in terms of the hardware and software they make? Anyone who follows this sector would perhaps say that NVIDIA is in a league of their own. And their backstory is quite unique. So, let's get into that. I really want to know how they came up with that awesome name. <laughs> okay, we will get into that. How long have they been around exactly? NVIDIA was founded in 1993 by Jensen Huang, Chris Malakowski, and Curtis Prem. Don't tell me. They were friends from high school and they started out in the garage of one of their parents' homes. No, that was Apple's backstory, not NVIDIA's. I thought all of those early computer companies started in someone's garage. No, these three guys were, in fact, computer engineers who already had established careers working in the semiconductor industry. I guess 1993 is well into the personal computer revolution. Apple and Microsoft were both founded in the late 70s. That's very true. Now, Jensen Huang was a microprocessor designer at Advanced Micro Devices, or AMD. And Chris Malakowski and Curtis Prem, they both had worked at Sun Microsystems. If they already had established careers, what prompted them to jump ship from those premier companies and strike out on their own? Well, even though the personal computing revolution was well underway, the early 90s was a time when the internet was just getting started. Yes, the early days. I don't think I even had my first email address until 1996 or so. Well, the three of them looked at the computational landscape at the time, and they realized right away that the type of computing being done was just not powerful enough to meet the demands of what people really wanted to do. I remember the first computer I had. It might have been around that time. It was very primitive compared to what they could do today. And video games were very Mickey Mouse too. Absolutely. Just look around at what we have today. Realistic gaming, cloud computing, e-commerce, virtual and augmented reality, and now artificial intelligence far more advanced than using a dial-up modem. <laughs> I used one of those in the early 90s, too. <laughs> dial-up modems? I forgot all about those. I always hated the sound they made. Anyway, all of these applications that we use today are built on supercomputers that use state-of-the-art semiconductors doing some pretty amazing computer stuff. And NVIDIA is responsible for that? Not alone, definitely not but they sure have been a big part of it. But we are getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Let's go back to their origin story. Good idea. 
So these three guys, Huang, Malakovsky, and Prem, were sitting in a Denny's restaurant one day in San Jose. And Denny's at the heart of Silicon Valley. Yes, in the heart of Silicon Valley. And it was there that they founded NVIDIA. You're kidding, in a Denny's. In a Denny's. And their game plan was to first focus on designing a graphics processing unit, or GPU, that would revolutionize the gaming industry. Are you telling me that they started NVIDIA because they wanted to improve the quality of video games? No, not exactly. But they recognized that the computational challenges required to run a video game were some of the most difficult challenges in computing. At the same time, they understood that video game sales would generate a lot of revenue. Their strategy was to focus on technology that powered video games so it would be easier to raise money from investors while at the same time, the technology they were developing could be used in other applications. Exactly. Mm, a great strategy. Brilliant, I would say. So, I assume that they had little trouble raising capital. With their technical backgrounds and their vision in place, they were able to secure funding from venture capitalist Sequoia Capital. And with that funding in place, they designed and then released their first product, the NV1, in 1995. I have no idea what an NV1 would be. It was a graphics and audio card. From there, they launched the Riva, or Real-Time Interactive Video and Animation Accelerator, in 1997. And this technology was all for video games? Absolutely. And those two graphic cards put them on the map in the video game space. Then, in 1999, NVIDIA IPO'd, or went public. What was the initial share price? They IPO'd at $12 a share. Wow, and now they're sitting north of four fifty. Just imagine how much money you'd have today if you had invested $1,000 in NVIDIA back then. More on that later. Okay, Skip. Before we go any further, I really need to know... Where did they come up with the name NVIDIA? Okay, let's deal with that right now. Finally! The story goes something like this. When the company first started, when the three co-founders were sitting in Denny's there, they didn't have any particular company name in mind. But when it came time to incorporate, they had to come up with some kind of name to put in the paperwork. It just happened that part of their workflow was that they named all of their computer files with the letters NV for next version. Oh, for example, NV underscore 456 dot XML or NV underscore 457 dot PHP. Something like that, yes. So what they did, they researched words containing the letters NV and discovered that the Latin word for NV is NVIDIA. Ah, spelled with an I. I-N-V-I-D-I-A. That is the Latin word, yes. So they dropped the I and went with the spelling N-V-I-D-I-A and officially named the company NVIDIA. Ah, oh, so the name means Envy. And it even sounds like video, which is such an integral part of their business. It is. That's a cool story. So at the beginning of the 21st century... NVIDIA was now a public company with a market cap of around $2 billion. 
And they were off to a great start. And they were just getting started. In late 1999, they released the world's very first GPU, the GeForce 256. This was the first in the GeForce series of GPUs, and they put NVIDIA way ahead of their competitors. I know that GPU stands for Graphics Processing Unit, but what do they do exactly? And why was their introduction such a game changer? Two very good questions. Unlike a CPU, or Central Processing Unit, which is very good at handling a wide variety of complex tasks, a GPU is a specialized processor that is designed to focus on smaller, more specific tasks that run parallel to what the CPU is doing. In other words, a GPU is kind of like support staff for the CPU. <laughs> I'm not a computer scientist, but that might be a good way to look at it. All I know for certain is that GPUs revolutionized video gaming. So they are a piece of technology that made video games super realistic and helped make gaming the multi-billion dollar industry it is today. And NVIDIA's GeForce GPU series was so good that they won contracts, first from Microsoft and later Sony, to develop the graphics hardware for Xbox and PlayStation. Thus becoming the dominant chipmaker in gaming. In short, yes. But gaming was just a means to an end. Their real objective was to use the revenue they made from gaming and continue to develop other applications for their GPU technology. And that is exactly what they did. In 2006, NVIDIA introduced CUDA. CUDA. C-U-D-A? That's right. It stands for Compute Unified Device Architecture. Mm, oh my, that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> Me too. My understanding is that CUDA is a layer of software that gives developers direct access to a GPU's functionality. And because it is based on well-known computer languages like C and C++, CUDA could be easily used by computer programmers. They didn't need to learn a completely new computer language to interface with the GPUs. Correct. So, all of a sudden, NVIDIA's GPUs were being used in a wide variety of computer applications, not just video games. For instance? Everything, really. Astronomy, biology, chemistry, physics, big data mining, manufacturing, finance, and, of a special note, machine learning. Ah, uh, in other words, the foundation of artificial intelligence. Exactly. And this is why NVIDIA is at the center of the AI revolution. Not only does NVIDIA have the semiconductors and GPUs that power the large language models and computer vision at the heart of most AI applications, they have the entire infrastructure in place for computer engineers to use. No wonder they are such a profitable company. The last year has been amazing for them. In June, they joined a very small group of tech companies who have a market capitalization of over a trillion dollars. But in our last episode of D2B, we reported on how share prices in AI-related companies seem to be sliding, that Amara's law was kicking in and AI was losing its shine in the eyes of investors. Everyone was looking to NVIDIA's second quarter earnings report for a sign of where things were headed. 
what happened there. NVIDIA gave their report on August 23rd, and it was all good news. Their second quarter earnings were double that of a year earlier. How much revenue are we talking about? $13.5 billion. Not only is that double what they were in 2022, revenue came in at $2.3 billion higher than expectations. And this revenue is coming from? It is all a direct result of their GPUs being central to the development of new AI products. NVIDIA chips are just blowing their competition out of the water. From what you were telling me, they really do have a corner on the market. That is putting it mildly. But this is the tech industry. Things can change very quickly. Yeah, I suppose. But it does seem that they have kept to their overall game plan of using the gaming industry to develop cutting-edge computer technology. That they have certainly done. There's no doubt about that. Well, on that note, I think it's time for us to get D2V down to vocabulary. Do you find down-to-business English helpful in your English studies? Consider becoming a D2B member today to learn and retain even more words, phrases and expressions used by native English speakers in professional situations. What do you get with a D2B membership plan? First, bonus content in the form of exclusive members-only D2B episodes. Second, Expanded D2V, or Down to Vocabulary episodes, that accompany each public episode of Down to Business English. Third, full access to the entire library of D2B audio scripts, all the way from Season 1, Episode 1, to our most recent D2B episode. And on top of all of that, D2B members receive automatic email delivery of audio scripts for recently released episodes. No longer will there be the need to go through the time-consuming process of visiting the website, logging into your account, locating an episode, and then downloading the audio script file. Interested in becoming a D2B member? Visit the Down to Business English website and click on the membership link at the top of the page to sign up and start enjoying these benefits today. The very first item on our down to vocabulary list today is the noun dominance and its adjective form to be dominant. The noun dominance refers to the quality of being the strongest, most important, or most successful in some area. Dominance is right in the title of today's episode. NVIDIA's journey from video games to AI dominance. A great title that clearly communicates that NVIDIA is the strongest, most important and most successful company in the AI industry. And I think I used the adjective dominant a couple of times referring to NVIDIA as being a dominant chip maker. You did. In the introduction of the report, you referred to them as being one of the dominant chip makers in the AI field. 
and later on, you refer to them as being the dominant chip maker in gaming. Although we didn't use the verb form in our report, to dominate something is also a very common business phrase. Can you give us an example? I don't know why, but I found myself looking at a list of the top 10 pharmaceutical companies globally for 2023. Guess which big pharma company dominates that industry in terms of revenue? It would have to be either Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson. Your first guess was right on the nose. Pfizer is dominating revenue. So far this year, they have posted 100.33 billion US dollars. Johnson & Johnson is in third place with only 52.6 billion. Who is in second? A company called AbbVie. AbbVie? I don't think I have ever heard of that pharmaceutical company. Neither had I, actually. But they have revenues of $58 billion so far this year. So, Pfizer at $100 billion, and second and third place in the $50 billion range. <laughs> yes, Pfizer is dominating the pharmaceutical industry. What's our next word? The verb fabricate. At a basic level, fabricate is a synonym of the verb manufacture. In the report, Skip explained that NVIDIA was one of the first fabless, which is short for fabrication-less, semiconductor companies. In other words, NVIDIA only designs semiconductors. They don't manufacture them. Do you know why it is that in the semiconductor industry, they tend to use the word fabricate instead of manufacture? Well, the verb manufacture is used too, but there is a difference between manufacturing semiconductors and fabricating them. And what would that difference be? Fabricating refers to the process of making the semiconductor and placing it on a silicon wafer. It is a series of highly technical steps that involves a lot of specialized chemistry. Manufacturing semiconductors, on the other hand, is the process of bringing a semiconductor product to market. So, manufacturing includes fabrication, but deals with a lot of other aspects as well. Yes, manufacturing would include sourcing the raw silicon, creating the wafers the semiconductors are put onto, designing and then fabricating the semiconductors themselves, as well as testing, packaging and distribution. Very interesting. I was not aware of that difference. We should also point out that outside of the world of semiconductors, the verb fabricate is also commonly used, but it has a fairly negative connotation. Oh, that's very true. If you say someone fabricated a story or fabricated information, you are saying that they made it up. It's all a lie. Can you give us an example using fabricate in this way? I sure can. Back in May of this year, the Chinese government announced that they had arrested a man for using ChatGPT to fabricate a fake news story. It was a story about a train crash that had killed nine construction workers. I think I've read something about that. Apparently, it was the first arrest made under China's new law that is meant to prohibit people from using technology to fabricate and release untrue information. As exciting as this AI revolution is, 
the amount of fabricated information out there is bound to just increase. No doubt. What's our next word? Our next and final word for D2V today is the idiom to put something or someone on the map, which simply means to make something or someone famous. If you are on a map, everyone can see you. So you are indeed famous. Nice mental image. In the story, I reported that NVIDIA's first two products, the NV1 and Riva, put them on the map in the video game space. In other words, the quality and performance of those two early products made NVIDIA famous among video game makers. In today's age of social media influencers and online marketing, it seems that everyone's goal is to create a viral video on YouTube or TikTok. Creating viral content is a surefire way to put yourself on the map. Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show. And that is our report on NVIDIA and their journey from video games to AI dominance. I hope everyone enjoyed it and found it informative. I am especially happy to have learned where NVIDIA's name came from. That is a good trivia to use at a cocktail party. Can't wait to try it out. Yeah, sure. You could really impress everyone with that one. D2B members, the bonus vocabulary for today's episode will be released within the next 24 to 48 hours. So be sure you are subscribed to your member-only RSS feed. And look for that episode to drop there. We will cover five more useful business words and phrases from today's story in that bonus D2V episode. The adjectives multifaceted and Mickey Mouse the idiom in a league of your own, and the expressions a means to an end and to be above your pay grade. The adjective usage of Mickey Mouse. Oh, I cannot wait for that one. It is a fun adjective. And for those of you who are not D2B members but would like to support Down to Business English by becoming one, we have a very special offer for you. For this week only, we are offering a 25% discount on annual memberships. All you have to do is go to the D2B website, click the Become a Member link at the top of the page, select the D2B Executive Director membership level, and use the discount code D2B252023 when you check out. That's D, the number two, B two five two zero two three D two B two five two zero two three. It's also in the show notes of this episode, so you can just copy and paste the code from there. 
And our website address is downtobusinessenglish.com. Downtobusinessenglish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Take care. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des, or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.